We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Happy happy Monday for you. And happy Thursday for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. we are having a little bit of technical issues, so we hope that this doesn't uh, fall apart. Yeah, completely fall apart. And we were having technical issues. I didn't tell you guys we're having technical issues with the actual podcast itself. It wasn't playing on any platform except Spotify. Really? Yeah, really? it is now, but I submitted a ticket. <laughs> oh, you had to, to get, do that. Yeah, I had to get it fixed. So I don't know. They haven't responded to the ticket, but it seems to be working now. So there you go. So okay, if you didn't, okay. if you didn't hear us last week, it's go back and look for us. We should yeah, be we around there somewhere. Can I just say how grateful I am that you are willing to undertake all of these technical issues? Because I don't know what, if I had to do it, it would be bad. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <It'd be bad. laughs> well, I have zero life, so I'm not, I'm not near as, I'm not near as busy as everybody else. Um, okay. Hopefully it's fixed and you can find us everywhere. I did notice that um, my favorite murder, which is my favorite podcast, besides this one, of course, that they took a long time. This, this was it last Thursday to uh have their issue show up oh maybe there's stuff all around yeah it was it was well into the afternoon before it showed up on my um on my podcast app and i thought that was strange because usually if i even check it at nine o'clock in the morning it's there and they're fancy they've got like yeah they're fancy (laughs) they've got people editing editing equipment yeah they'd like pay people to do this job so so maybe it was something yeah well our stuff didn't show up until this morning so or late last night so that was like three days yeah oh wow wow so our numbers are our numbers are pretty shitty this week (laughs) we have have 18 plays (laughs) um so so go back and look for us you, you sure it didn't show up until this morning? Because yes, last night. Well, I, I, it was either this morning or late last night. I mean, I certainly didn't check it last night. Not even not last night. Late uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Tanisha said something to me about on the podcast. You said, and I swear that it was it was this like the current. Maybe it was yesterday morning. afternoon. I don't know. I don't know yeah. the exact time. I don't know. Anyways, it was late. It was days I'm and getting days. Getting fucking late. nitpicking. At me splitting hairs stop splitting hairs i don't give a shit i don't get paid for this so um yeah so that's why if you didn't if you didn't um hear us on time we usually are very punctual and dependable we have but, since covid we have been a little bit later <laughs> than yeah, usual because I, mean, yeah. I sleep in on mondays now and we support that <laughs> We're there for that. Do I don't it. have to drive my kid to work on Monday, so I ain't getting up till nine. You don't no. even have to put pants on for this. I'm not. I'm still wearing my pajamas. I drove my kid to work in my pajamas. 
Oh, wow. I drove my kid to work, but I did get dressed. I got to say. Well, I, I, I have embraced COVID slothism (laughs) and I'm, I'm really struggling to get out of it. It's the new culture. It is. COVID culture. COVID culture. Lots of cotton pants and stuff. Yes. I'm wearing track pants right now. So I did get half dressed. Beautiful. All right. So we are going to start, we forgot last week, but we're going to start with a land acknowledgement, um, especially given yesterday was Canada Day uh, for us, for those, um, this is our July 4th, for those in the United States, that's what it means. Um, And it was very low key based on everything that's going on, because we are taking, Canada's trying to take COVID extremely seriously. So. Are you watching? United are you paying are you attention? Watching? In fact, I we're taking wonder. it, we're taking it so seriously, the NHL isn't even going to let the United States have any hub cities. That's how bad it is there. What yep. does it mean? What does that so mean? That, that means there's going to be two cities where the players will all convene. Uh, players on the East Coast and players on the West Coast uh, will all convene to play their games in two cities. And none of those cities are going to be American cities. Mm. So they're going to have a, like mm. a t- 12, 12 teams on in Toronto, 12 teams in Edmonton. Um, and that's where the games are going to be played. Okay. So I, I almost wish the NBA would not send our players to goddamn Florida. Are you fucking, fucking crazy? Florida. Fucking Florida. Sorry if you're in Florida, but my God. Are you guys keeping up with like professional sports news? I have no, this is all brand new to me. I have like, children I who are fascinated by sports. Yeah. All right. Anymore. All right, so here's our land acknowledgement. And I apologize profusely if I get these names incorrect. Um, So the land I am standing on today is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Ashinabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse nations, Inuit and Métis peoples. I also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed by the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Williams Treaty signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. And we thank thank you. you. Yeah. Um, I... so I think, can we talk a little bit about Canada Day first before we launch? Yeah, into our- we had, you guys had some big, big thoughts on Canada Day. Yes. I did. It, I did have some thoughts about Canada Day. Uh, every single year I have this little thing. It's, it's the same sort of feeling I have about Thanksgiving, Canada Day and Thanksgiving Day. Both of those days are, are deeply connected to the past and present state of the indigenous peoples of this country or this continent. And so I always have thoughts about what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I doing here? What the hell am I doing? Those two things always, those are the two questions I always ask myself. And um, it's a dilemma because these holidays, holidays are firmly rooted in, in pain 
in literal genocide and have become over the centuries things that like people on the internet were fighting about this I've, I've seen at least two posts where people were defending their right to celebrate canada day which i'm not even arguing about i'm not arguing about that and the question about whether or not canada is a great place to be i'm not arguing about that either i don't even want to argue about that with people my issue is can we stop for a second and really start thinking the same way that we're thinking about these statues like we would just walk past statues without thinking about who they are what they did and why this giant piece of metal configured to look like a certain person what it stands for what it means and um what it says about us as a people as a nation so anyways those are my thoughts yesterday yeah Thank you. And I know a lot of people had those thoughts too. I know you did, Steph, and you actually did something at your family thing yesterday. I was actually about to do a full land acknowledgement to start our Canada Day together when my 27-year-old daughter walked in the door yelling something along the line that, what's up, family? Just want to recognize that we are currently living, thriving, having our Canada Day on, the, on treaty land she that don't belong to she us. Just she just, that was her entrance. <laughs> she's like we got to do better let's talk about it yeah so she did her own land acknowledgement uh, and call to action before even sitting down <laughs> in front of all us i'm like all right i guess i don't have to officially yeah. say anything but it did start uh three hours of kind of like a round robin of discussion um it was connected to all different types of uh we went it went over to black lives matter and all sorts of people and oppression and where it began and some people's argument, ridiculous argument yesterday online about um, someone says, you got to stop feeling guilty. These, these people oh, are, are still taking handouts from the government. And that yeah. really leads us yeah. into kind of our topic today about um, cultural yeah. appropriation. God, I, mean, I love a good segue. It, like, <laughs> it, if colonization of Canada is not the ultimate cultural appropriation where you know we've talked about you know how once we've kind of fucked up how to turn around and do it right we really can't do it right because we killed people through colonization but um you know people who are our indigenous people who we took this place from and killed for are not taking handouts we are trying to throw money and instead of systems and respect and care at a problem, it's not handouts. It's just no one has actually been able to come up with some sort of way to, to help create a system that undoes the harm. Well, you know, I mean, we talked about that, you know, last week, I think, I can't remember now, that, you know, nobody wants to dismantle the system that benefits them, but fuck it, you, <laughs> You but we have, have to. to. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I think the question um, is as well, how do we, I think people don't believe that you can't because I think it's easier for them to believe that you can't do it, that you can't undo such a big system. You but can do it amazing. and it's going to be fucking hard, yes. but, you, but you have to. I mean, you can do anything you want. Oh, fuck yeah. We can do anything we want. Literally, it's our country. We can do we anything, can do anything, anything we, want. we want. Yeah, <clears throat> we have the power. Yeah. Our indigenous peoples don't have the power. We are 
a Canadian nation living with an indigenous nation on on the their on their land, we can do this. It's um, worth doing. I heard somebody say, "My family's been here for eleven generations," and I'm like, "Whoa! I don't know if I'd be so happy to say that. That means you probably have. You, you, yeah, you you started it all. <laughs> you did all kinds of bad shit. I, I mean." Your people were directly stealing um, territory and and really doing bad shit. I I don't know how many woke people there were eleven generations ago. If you're eleven generation Canadian, I I don't know if I'd be so all shouting that from the rooftops or anything. Um, so whatever. I had to turn it off yesterday. I stopped because I said I don't need any more convincing. Any more convincing? It's same like don't watch anymore people are posting every single day, every five minutes, videos of, of black people being targeted by police, black people being targeted by their neighbors um, by, for uh, building a garden, like building a, a shed in their yard or, or doing exercises on the street beside their car or whatever, and police are called and then there's a bad situation. And I don't, I don't watch any more videos like that because I don't need any more convincing that that shit is real. Just the same way I'm not participating anymore in discussions with people who are like, who say stupid shit about indigenous <laughs> people and why they are the, why they're in this situation and what we should do about it or what we can't do about it. Like everybody just throw their hands up in despair and hopelessness. I, I don't have the answers, first of all. I don't have all the answers. I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe we should ask the people who are directly affected by the past and the present. <clears throat> and there is, there is a huge, the, the Truth and Reconciliation Committee came out with stuff and I haven't admittedly looked at it or seen it. I don't know if it's accessible to the public. Somebody, if you know that, can tell us. And I don't know if that, um, if the results of that, like the, the, um, what do you call it? Like the, the final result of that with all the steps that people could do. I don't know if that involves things that individual people can do or if it's more like a governmental, the government needs to do this, this, and this. I'm not sure. But it's. I think it's incumbent upon all of us to figure out how to do better. I don't have the answers, but I'm not an indigenous person. Maybe we need to be having conversations with indigenous people about what to do differently and what to do, how to do better, you know? So that was, but mm -hmm, sorry, go on. That's, you know, across so many, where, where oppression exists, those who are oppressed are fucking tired right now. And it, yeah. which makes it, and you know, Suzanne, you said something recently that was really important. You said, you know, open the fucking Google, type in how to be an, how That's to be anti-oppression. And here you I know? am. I'm saying, go ask indigenous people. Fuck, fuck me. I sorry. I take that back. Fucking. No, no but you shit. do want to consult. We want to consult. We want to yeah. talk. We want to open dialogue without them requiring them to fully educate us. You but know there's, what I mean? But there's shit in Google written by indigenous people that we can take guidance from. Yes. We don't have to burden real, living, breathing indigenous people in front of our faces with our with our guilt or whatever the hell people are feeling my guilt yeah. my questions that that shit's already been laid out yeah that yeah, shit's been laid out for us thank you for reminding me we can go find it but I'm of course i think maybe some family members if you have somebody who is family who is 
being oppressed, um, belong to an oppressed group. It's worth reaching out and not necessarily looking for answers, but just acknowledging. I'd never looked at you through that spectrum before because of my white blinders, because this is, I was raised to believe that there, those things didn't exist, that you guys are telling us exist. And acknowledging is a good way to reach out without demanding, not because not you're looking for forgiveness or anything, simply just acknowledge, I see you now. I'm so sorry, I am sorry that I haven't done anything, but I'm doing something now. And the first thing I'm doing is telling you, I see this and I'm doing, I'm doing something. Yeah. I'm not sweeping this under the rug. If that's all you say, all you say, I think anyone knowing that they are now being seen and heard when yeah. so often in life they are actively not seen and heard is, yeah. is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And just leave it there. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be. Now let me ask you 3 million questions. Yeah. Now um, let me, let me force you to tell me all the things that I can do to, to, to calm my, my non-indigenous bullshit that I probably perpetuated on you. Yes. Yes. Um, so my sister and brother are passing, meaning that um, my dad okay. is Scottish. My stepmother is indigenous. Mm -hmm. and But both my brother and sister look like white. Um, so they're white passing. They're white passing. And I thought they were dying. I when you said oh, no no <laughs> no no very good everyone's That's like oh my god this took a turn what what's happening now no That's more 2020 no, no more. more we just already told july to sit down and shut the fuck up yeah. no kidding. <laughs> at least the murder hornets have quieted down the oh, locusts are it. coming or uh, i'm so sorry <laughs> right in there yeah no this is how i are. manage tension it's you know, laughing. But I know that they have had to endure people who assume that they are happy about passing or like oh, just shit. assumptions, like as people who just assume things um, once they find out that they are, you know, white passing, they, but they are not actually white. They just appear so. Um, and so she, I've talked to particularly my sister about that more than once, especially in her birthing experience. Um, there was definitely like once even she felt that her care changed once she had kind of committed to her midwives and and was just sharing things about herself and her health that she felt that her care actually changed when oh my uh, god when her midwives found out when um, her midwives found when out her midwives found out now she also she says i'm also sensitive to it i, I feel like any change feel i it makes her wonder but because uh, that's been her experience growing up as well. Wow. Once people know there's a little bit of a different thought or assumptions made about our family. Well, yeah. The, the um, Paul's family has, my ex-husband's family has spouted time and time again how there's Native American in them, how they have um, that their mother, their grandmother, Ethel um, was like half or 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 less uh, Native American, and they talked about it and they talked about it all the time, and mm -hmm. and we're very proud of it actually. Um, she had she had a um, 
She had one of the tax exempt cards and everything. And I think my father-in-law actually had one too. Well, we had our DNA done. Zero. But my, that's Paul's family, not right. your family. But it's my Paul's children, family. my children don't even have trace amounts. Yeah. Like absolute zero. So, so that was the. So there, I mean, there should have been at least a trace. I think. Yes. 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 It definitely should have been a trace. <laughs> yeah. But, at least a trace. But that nothing. Up. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. You can't, you can't, I mean, if you're, I don't know where I was going with this. It just kind of popped in my head. I'm not well today. Um, <laughs> so tired. Um, but yeah, but I mean, as I say, they were super proud of it. And I don't know if, I, I will say, this will make me look so horrible. It, this was many, many, 20 years ago. I have grown. I have, I was like, <sighs> tax exempt card what the fuck mm -hmm. and now i'm like yeah i mean that's the least <laughs> it's the yeah. least thing yeah why the fuck should yeah. why should they pay taxes on taxes. land that we took <laughs> yeah no it all ever when i first heard about it it made total sense to me total sense to me um and that's funny you should mention that your siblings who actually are indigenous are white passing and I have zero indigenous uh, ancestry and I'm constantly being mistaken for an indigenous person, um, especially in around where I used to live because there was a, um, a, a couple of indigenous housing complexes in that neighborhood. And so all the time in the supermarkets and stuff like that, people, there was an incident once where an indigenous woman was in front of me and the cashier assumed that we were together and you know obviously we weren't i didn't know that woman and then when we we're in the parking lot she came up to me and she says what the fuck right these fucking people they just assume that we're together <laughs> i was like we're actually less together than you think <laughs> that does happen to me um a lot and uh, my sister and I, when we did our ancestry, when we did our DNA thing, I guess part of that, I, I guess we we were indigenous, but just not to not to um, North America, some sort of Pacific Islander oh. uh, ancestry, something like that, and that mixed with my East Asian ancestry, I suppose, is what is what it is, but. It, it just weighs heavily on me a lot, uh, especially because I work, uh, no discussion about birth and indigeneity and the situation with indigenous peoples today could be complete without mentioning uh, Jay McGillivray, okay? Like I cannot, that's, that would be a, an absolute disservice. Jay McGillivray is um, a midwife who works here in, in Toronto and- um, And is a rock star. Rock star midwife and is deeply committed to doing her work with a centering of all marginalized peoples, but particularly indigenous uh, pregnant people. Um, in this city, in the core of this city, there is, they, they are in a deeply vulnerable situations, especially the people who identify as women, people who are pregnant and, and uh, and she 
has just leads to center her care to to feature um, Indigenous people in Toronto. And oh my God, like I can't, I would we could spend a whole podcast talking about all the work that that Jay does. A lot of you out there already know because you know she's famous. Um, but she's this is what I would like myself to do to engage in and this is what I would like everybody else to engage in is to just some deep thinking about your business again we talked about it last week how does your business reflect your supposed values if somebody were to you know be a fly buzzing around you and how you operate your business how does your business reflect your values and if you say value in oh what are you doing? And that's, I got to ask myself that question because I got a lot of privilege myself and, and how am I leveraging that privilege to help people who don't have that privilege? Can we talk a little bit about, um, I know this wasn't the topic that we were going to talk about, but can we talk a little bit about um, like what happens to because this fascinated, I did not know any of this um, until a few years ago. Um, when I did a doula training as a trainer for, um, it was postpartum for a group of uh, midwives and birth workers in Belleville. Um, I can't remember the name of the group they were with. They were indigenous. Um, can we talk a little bit about what indigenous people, birthing people go through, um, particularly those that don't live in say large centers like Toronto, Ottawa, things like that, where they have to, and I don't know all the details, maybe you guys can help with this, but where they have to literally leave their families and, and fly into these centers yeah. and their families can't even come with them. Yeah. Like, if you don't know this, that should shock the fuck out of you. Yeah. I mean, we're talking right now how, you know, you know, Joe average birthing person, um, you know, cis white het uh, birthing person in Toronto is, you know, they're devastated because they can't have their doula with them, um, but they can still have their partner and that what a travesty that is. When every that, single fucking when, day, indigenous yes. pregnant people have to fly that fly by themselves and give birth by themselves in a stranger hospital, and exactly. nobody gives a shit. That's just that's just normal. Yeah, exactly. People are throwing their arms up and talking about it's human rights to be able to have two people at your birth. Yeah, you see, that's the kind of you know what. I never made that connection before, Kim, but now that I did, I'm like, that's the thing that was kind of nagging at me whenever people were saying, no, 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 it's all right. We're essential. That's it right there. Yeah, exactly. Like it that should piss you off. Yes. And if it's your human right to have two people at your birth because you want to, because duels are essential, then why the, where's your, where's that energy for these people? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Who cannot, who never have that human right. Fuck and haven't, bullshit. haven't ever, haven't ever. ever had that. Yeah. They wow. can't have their family. And now, I mean, thank God for the indigenous midwives 
who can bring to their birth, you know, that love and family and tradition and culture and all of that that makes the indigenous community so beautiful and mm -hmm. steeped in tradition. God, I love that. And those are the things that actually need to, through our vote, through our action, through our paying attention to policy, need to, we need to be mindful of that when we're voting one way that it, we need to, we really do, we have to know the work of, okay, we're going to vote one way over here, but that's going to impact this branch, this branch, this branch. And does that mean that someone is going to not get the funding for their own traditional birth center? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the mindfulness is you know, people got very up in arms a little while ago when I had made a comment about using your vote, vote. And what I meant by that was know that if you vote this way, for as much as it might benefit you over here, know that it also will take away uh, the rights of trans persons. So yes. You're actively voting against trans persons, which means you're actively voting to say that if they get killed because they are identified as trans, you're okay with it. Yeah, and of I remember course, that conversation. That was heated. That was very heated. And people didn't want to believe that. They're like, well, what if it benefits my family over there? I'm like, I'm not saying it doesn't. But then you have to go to those same people that you want to vote for and say, I need to make sure that you're also not going to vote against trans persons, against this person, because that risks their life. Yeah. So I'm basically saying the comfort of my family over here is more important than your life over there but we're all Canadian or we're all American or we're all, we're all in this together, really. So know where you're, what the impact of your vote is going to be, not just for yourself, for all. Well, then Take I think off the blinders. We have spent so much time in, I mean, I'm 50 years old. I've been voting since I was 18, was very excited to do have my, cast my first vote, but especially the older generation than me, spend so much time going, okay, what's the vote that's going to benefit me the most? Who's the leader that's going to benefit me the most? And it's like, okay, that was all fine and well, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. But, and I mean, even then, probably not. But we have to think more now, and we don't do this. We have to think more now about the we and not the me. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sick of, you know, so many people going, well, it's my, oh, don't even get me started with the mask. It's my right to not wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but it's also my right not to get sick by you. So yes, what the fuck? People never seem to understand that your rights end where they infringe on mine. That's right. Your rights are not limitless people. You, it's what people mistake the um the notion of freedom with license that they have license to do whatever they want no you don't no. freedom comes with many many constraints and this is what teach your fucking teenagers that right because they're all about they want to do this and they want to do that and they're if you teach your teenager like take sex for instance now you're old enough to make a decision about whether or not you want to have sex guess what being a sexually active he comes with a lot of responsibility never teach your children about freedom without teaching them the equal and sometimes even weightier responsibility that comes along with that freedom. You're free. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to be respectful, pay insurance, you know, whatever, keep your car in good maintenance. It comes with a whole 
giant load of responsibilities. So when people say, well, it's my right not to wear a Oh, you keep cutting you out. You're saying so many yourself. Yes. You're saying so many amazing things and you keep cutting out. So oh, sorry. God damn. God damn it. Fill, fill it in for me when you Okay. <laughs> fill it in when you when you're fixing it all up. Just fill, fill it in. <laughs> oh fuck, I don't even know if I can do that. But no, you're right. Your like responsibility. It, it it's as you say, you know, when you're driving a car, you have to obey the rules. When you're, you know, there are things that you have to do to be a responsible human being. And that goes far and beyond having sex. That goes far and beyond driving a car. That goes to the point of, you know, actually being concerned about those strangers around you. I happily wear a mask. Mine has a big goofy grin on it with barred teeth. So I look a bit insane. Um, but when I go to the grocery store, I am insane. Um, <laughs> and I just want to make every, or I have one that has like a bare nose. So, I mean, I want to make people feel happy about, you know, wearing a mask, but I'm doing it because if I cough, if I sneeze, if I, you know, have some type of allergic reaction, I don't want to be the person responsible for making that woman over there or that person over there sick who has small children, who has elderly grandparents, who has, you know, people that are looking that they have to look after get sick because you know that once you get sick it passes to somebody else to somebody else to somebody else and that's how it grows so it stops with you yeah and i'm just and and that's the same thing for our vote our vote is for the betterment of society it is for the betterment of our municipality it is for the betterment of our city for our province for our country so stop being assholes and thinking only of yourself and start mm -hmm. thinking about the greater good of how that's going to affect everybody who knows you're if if you're voting for somebody that's going to vote against lgbtq plus you know rights Maybe you have a relative, maybe you have a brother, a sister, a child, or somebody, a best friend, a neighbor who is LGBTQ. And you have now said, your life doesn't matter. My life is more important. And we're not talking about comfort. We're literally talking about quality of life, ability exactly. to exist without being spat at, without being hit, without being abused, without being marginalized, without being um, yeah. abused, basically. Yep. You know, like it's not, we're not talking about saying you have a right to exist here and I'll judge you from a distance. We're saying literally by taking the rights away, you're, you're allowing the legal system a loophole to not prosecute people who injure them, who harm them, who take away their jobs, who take away their income, um, who, who can take you know, away their life. Yes. They can take away their life. So that, I think that I, Maybe some people don't make that connection. I believe some people don't make that connection when they talk about rights of trans or rights of people who are LGBTQ or two-spirit. Um, we're not talking about creature comforts. We're talking about to exist to the same level you do, with the same freedoms you do, with the same welcoming you do, with the same, you know, just to exist, make a living, pay your bills the same way you do. Yeah. 
So they can be, to... so they can be just as, you know, ha happily miserable like the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> um, I wanted to make a little plug for a company that, um, that has no idea that I'm going to do this. Uh, but I, and also speaking of masks, I bought a couple of beautiful, beautiful embroidered face masks from a company called old tribes. You can, um, find them on the internet oldtribes.com and they sell a whole bunch of stuff a whole bunch of beautiful embroidered things but of course they jumped on this which i oh my god i love people who have responded to this covid crisis thing in in uh creative ways and so these masks are gorgeous i love i wear it all the time it's my favorite one and uh they've got a whole bunch of different designs so you can go check them out on oldtribes.com and order a face mask from them so you too can look really really wicked and cool when you go to no frills like i do <laughs> so you won't look like a deranged lunatic like me <laughs> we all need a deranged lunatic in our life kim i got masks That's like that too depends on my mood so yeah yeah um and i mean this conversation really, like I said, I love a good segue. When we talk about, so buying a mask from oldtribes.com is directly putting your dollars back into the indigenous community. These are uh, folks who have created a company and, and created a product that you can, uh, that you can buy. That's, that's a good thing. That's the kind of thing that we need to do more of when you are deciding that you need something, anything in your house for yourself, for your children. Do a little research. Do a little research and see if you can patronize um, an indigenous company, a black owned company, uh, a woman owned company, whatever. So it's not just vote with your, with your vote at the election polls but also support with your money and your dollars. There's so many things that people can do that every little thing counts. Just like you were saying earlier, Steph, about acknowledging. Acknowledging things is, is a very important, sometimes it's the very first step. And, and raising awareness, becoming educated, and maybe do it. You don't have to go out and march and put your body on the street. That's, that's one way. But you can write letters. You can sign petitions. There's so many different things that we can do um, that have different effects. Everybody is needed in all parts of the, all the rooms in the house of oppression need to be peopled by people doing what they need to be doing in that room. Right? We can't all be in the living room. We can't all be in the kitchen. Everybody has a role to play. And my wish is that everybody just finds what their role is and then do that thing, whatever that thing is. Just pick something and do it. And usually that will lead to something else and so on and so on. Because you're going to take one step in that direction. So there you exactly. go. One step. And you. here's another thing, too. Someone mentioned the other day um, that some particular celebrities were they were being called out for not making public statements because they have power with public statements right calls to action fans who will follow through and look at things but a lot of them too are coming back saying i've never been much on social media i am back here doing the work i didn't know that i needed to announce it but i think some people and i understand that take on it you're just putting your head down and doing the work but yeah. where your power comes in and i encourage a lot of people to say this this is the opposite of performance is because we are already 
white and you if you have any amount of followers who might be interested in your perspective of seeing something you don't have to say i'm doing this because you want to feel better about yourself or prove something you know that just putting it out there hey have you been to this website have you been to old tribes grab my mask from here you are now in essence not pumping yourself up you're just putting information out there that someone else might go oh and then that it's a cascade effect it's you're leveraging about, your privilege is what you're doing. You're yeah. leveraging your privilege, whatever. You have a privilege of being a millionaire and a movie star or, or a, a rock star or a musician. That's, that's a platform. And to ignore that platform uh, feels kind of disingenuous to me. And also um, kind of like you're, you're wasting, squandering this amazing opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that a lot of people can actually acknowledge. Again, this is part of the, I guess, I don't the white problem is we don't we've also been taught and particularly as women that we actually we're now being told hey you have this power use it lift it say it speak it put it out there yeah um and again individually as white women we're often told shut up be quiet <laughs> you know yeah. um you don't don't stir things up it's hard don't, to navigate but yeah but you can do it you, you can absolutely do it. can do it can well, be I mean, complicated we, but you can figure it out you can figure it out. You can, what is it? You can do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. You can get out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. We, I mean, we have at least a hundred listeners. That's all just a hundred at this point, um, a week. I'm, listen, I'm listen, thrilled with that. Li listen to this podcast. And I hope that, you know, about 45% are in the U S and I hope that I haven't pissed anyone off, particularly anybody from Florida, but I mean, I think us talking about these things is if one person goes, oh, really? Okay. Or, oh, yeah, I'm going to check out that website or whatever. That's one person and that's amazing. Would I like yeah. it to be all hundred? Obviously. Um, but we, we're not super powerful. We're not super famous um, or even remotely famous. <laughs> are you saying? I'm sorry, we're not. Um, <laughs> but I would like to think that, you know, this is part of what we can do, the three of us, to help those that need to have their voices lifted. Um, like, like that uh, mask work, the mask company. Yeah. So, so this yeah. Using our platform. Yeah. And we're an obvious, we are not getting... We're not getting paid for any of this. We're not doing no. this for advertising. Nobody no. pays us to do this at all. So if anybody wants to, please be my guest. Um, no. But yeah. If you want me to review your box of frozen meat from True Local, totally <laughs> we'll do that. I will do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. So to just get back to like the celebrities, like, like the actual celebrities and them choosing or not choosing to, to lift their voices up. I have to say also that as, um, as, a black woman as a person of color i cannot tell you what that means to me when i see people who i follow people who i really uh, enjoy uh, watching their stuff i don't know especially like the white women that i might follow on instagram and so on diane sanfilippo who's like a nutritionist foodie kind of person uh I followed her for years and years and she has, she didn't just start talking about this stuff now because of a crisis. She has been, she has 
been talking about this for, for like at least a couple of years when she kind of had her consciousness uh, woken up. But it means so much to me when I see people that I really enjoy following, celebrities that I respect, when they raise their voices, it, because I know that their voices mean so much more because they have such a wider audience. So it's not an opportunity to be uh, squandered. And I think I also mentioned on, did I mention on this podcast too about a podcast, another podcast that I follow that's hosted by two white women and they didn't say anything. They, or they said small kind of trivial things. And I commented about it on Instagram saying that I was disappointed. I was disappointed that they just assumed that their listenership was all white and that it didn't really matter. And that one of those hosts literally called me on the telephone. She yep. asked me for my phone oh, number yeah. on Instagram. She asked me for my phone number on Instagram and she said, I want to talk to you about this. I really do. So I gave her my number. She called me and we were on that phone and had a really good conversation. And I expressed to her, like, I, it's not okay. It's not. And she, and then she did say something to me like, well, it's my right to, it's people do have the right to decide how they want to respond. I'm, like, I'm not arguing about that. Absolutely. You do. What I'm saying is how you respond because you are a celebrity, how you respond to certain things is being watched and noticed. Yeah. Is being watched and noticed by your followers. And it affects me. Same thing with Jan Arden. I called out Jan oh, yeah. Arden on Twitter <laughs> and her fucking fan base nearly killed me. But I don't care. I'm saying that your words and your response matters to me, a fan. Yeah. And, and, and how naive to think that. How naive to think that all their listeners would have been white. It just, yes, it felt whoa, 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 hold on. Oh, there, there it goes again. Okay, try talking it. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, no. I'm She's afraid, coming. I'm afraid to have you speak. She's on the other side of the veil now. I see. <laughs> oh. Okay, is it okay now? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, first off, how naive to think that their entire listenership was white and how naive to think that even if their entire listenership was white, that they wouldn't think that that was, that that, 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 that was right. I don't actually believe that they literally thought. Oh, there we go. Okay. I don't know what's happening to you. I don't know why it does that. Try to say something again. I really don't want to edit all this bullshit out. I'm here. I'm here. I'm okay. Here. Yeah, stay right there. Don't move <laughs> and just okay. say words don't, slowly. Don't scratch a boob. Don't do anything. Um, okay, speak. Yeah, I was gonna say that I don't believe that they actually that they actually believe that their whole listenership was white. This is very, very often the case with a lot of organizations, companies, etc. It is because of the how deeply ingrained racism is in our society that people assume like it's so it's so deeply assumed that their very unconscious behaviors act out that assumption it's not a, a conscious deliberate thought oh since all our listenership is white let's say it this way nope it is it is a deep down unconscious assumption that has been bred over centuries and when those companies and organizations do the things that they do, speak the way that they speak, 
offer the things that they offer, it is from that place of assumption. And very often there may be few, like their listeners, followers of color might be few, but they're there. And if those people value those few listeners, they would question their assumptions. But they, they never do. It's hard because it's so deep down and it's so inbred that only when it's pointed out, do you see how when you do this thing, it makes me feel left out? Do you see that? And very often white people don't see that unless it's pointed out. Because that those deep ingrained assumptions, are, they're, they've, like we're, we're permeated with it everywhere, all of us, even people of color. We grew up in this society too. So we're all subject to it. And that's, that's the problem. So I don't think that they deliberately thought that their listenership was all white, but that is how it plays out. Just how it unfolded. Yeah. All right. But so I'm we, so glad they reached out and they didn't sweep it under the rug, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did they mention they, it on their podcast that they yes, called they you? Did. Yes, they did. They even mentioned my name, Suzanne. Oh, my name. Canada. Yep. Yep. But they didn't mention our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, just digging for some free publicity. Why didn't I? Did she say? I think you said that you had told them you have a podcast. I did. I told her I had a podcast. She was really excited about that, but I don't think that she mentioned it on their podcast. Oh, I know. It's all right. Maybe I should write her back to say, you know, part of (laughs) reparations means. (laughs) Uh huh. All right. So, should we talk? the fuck time is it about cultural appropriation cultural appropriation yeah we got got (laughs) five minutes to actually talk about it we could talk i mean there's specific things how not to culturally appropriate shit in birth and like in the in the birth world that we live in specifically but kim you mentioned that probably the very first one that so many doulas would be able to easily point out and say ah there it is rubozos Ribozos. Yeah. And, and you know what? Look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, what do you say? I'm going to confess, I guess. So many years ago, well, many, I would say maybe two or three years ago now, um, I had, um, uh, in an effort to try and get people to take my trainings as a doula trainer, I had purchased a bunch of rebozos that, I mean, I don't, I don't know where they came from. I bought them from a Canadian company, so I don't know how the people who made them, if they were made by machine or if they were made by some poor person in Mexico, I don't know. And I, and at that time it wasn't, I was looking at the price and then I was going to give them away to my trainees. Um, But now since with all of this, um, and even this was like a couple of years ago, because I've seen, you know, people really, really calling people out for using rebozos or white people, you know, doing rebozo trainings and things like that. Um, and it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like I, it never really dawned on me at that point. So yes, I'm confessing this. Um, and now so I think, and I, somebody had said, so I have a couple of rebozos, admittedly have never used them. They're beautiful. Um, but this is, it's an amazing tool to use in birth, 
However, how do we as birth workers reconcile using it without mm -hmm. acknowledging that it really isn't because let's be real, the birth world is, you know, extremely white bread. Um, how do we, how do we resolve that? So I don't think the issue is with people using rebozos. Okay. Because we can all learn from each other and we can all share tools that have been helpful to us for, you know, centuries and centuries from our own cultures and our own communities. I don't think that the issue is with using rebozo or using a baby wrap that comes from a particular um, culture or tradition. I don't think that's it. The, okay. It's, it's, it's the appropriation. It's using a rebozo is not appropriation, like in and of itself. Running a workshop that teaches a culturally specific thing that you get credit for either in monetarily or in like, you know, like your reputation gets spread or whatever, and never crediting where that tradition came from, never crediting where you got it from, never, don't, not giving back to those communities, that's appropriation. That's the problem. Yeah. So if someone were white, having been inspired by or any, if, if someone were anyone outside of the culture from which it originated. Right, yes. And you, but you feel passionate about this wonderful information that you learned and you want to pass it on to other families, you can A, do so freely as an individual to another individual. If you want, if you feel so strongly you want to make this something that becomes your income, your livelihood, then you, that is where you have the opportunity to make it not appropriation every yeah. time you take a class take a percentage of that class of that registration and send it back to the community from which you grabbed this information from which you were educated then have all of those people in that class who you have taught make sure that they have a direct link back to the people in that community who yes. sell the original items and are willing to sell to you not everyone is willing to sell to people they, they yes. want to keep it in their community. But if there's someone who will sell outside of that, then make sure that you are going right back to those people who will now benefit from the knowledge you are passing on. Yep. So you're, you're not using it just for your own good. You're spreading the good. You're putting it back where it belongs. Um, and that, that is the opposite. Appropriation is using it just for your own benefit. Um, and again, we're back to Canada Day. The, there is a yeah. beautiful painting that was done right. um, that has been spread across the internet. And even when I saw it, I thought, fuck, that is gorgeous. And then I, I, I saw, around. I saw a birth worker use it um, in one of their posts about um, not stating anything about it, but using it as an example of indigenous art. Um, and it is indigenous <laughs> art. She and I didn't want to call them out on it. I'm like, oh. I think you was art that was stolen by a white artist. Yeah. Yeah. She, th this specific artist was absolutely inspired by indigenous art. She, as a, she's Canadian, she's a white Canadian. She has all sorts of different backgrounds that have nothing to do with indigenous, with the indigenous peoples of Canada, but she was inspired by it because it is gorgeous. So that she went to university and she took an, um, art courses about indigenous art and all of those things. So she put her money in the school 
for the indigenous art. And I don't know who was teaching it or who benefited from it there. But then when she went on to, to make art and to sell the art, it's my understanding because I couldn't find it. And I don't, if I'm speaking out of turn and everyone knows who I'm talking about, um, tell me wrong. But it's my understanding she went on, sold that art, but did not donate anything back to the same peoples from which she was inspired. That's my problem. Yeah. Donate, um, highlight, refer back to, you know, give credit to none yeah. of that. It and isn't only just about money. It's about acknowledging, like, we can look at her history and say, oh, she studied Indigenous art, blah, blah, blah. Who did she learn from? What style is she copying? You know, who does she credit for her, her style, her learning? Like, all of it just feels so much like theft. Yeah. And that's the key. Like, sit with the feeling. Sit with the feeling. Did I take this and not, not support it? Like, not support what I learned from? Not look back and trust and give and, and share what I've gained from the knowledge I have. You know, I mean, I mean, you would get called out, you would get called out for plagiarism. It's the same thing. Right. And another example was when um, one of the Kardashian people, them did their hair in some kind of braid style. Can't remember. They've all done it. Kim's done it. Chloe's yeah, done, it. All done it or whatever. And the media went crazy with this style that they had in their hair, a hairstyle that black women, African women have been doing forever. And I was like, what the hell? What's so hot about that? Everybody's been doing that that I know for the longest time. And they could have, they could have stopped it in their tracks, right? So the appropriation comes in because their position as celebrities was elevated because they were doing this unique hairstyle. They're wearing supposedly unique hairstyle and everybody's giving them praise and, and props for it. If at any time any one of them stopped to say, hey, you guys, this is, this hairstyle comes from this place and I got it from these people. They're the experts. If they had, again, donated, given back, highlighted, pointed to, referred to where the thing that you're doing and using comes from, give the credit to the origin of that thing, then, okay, it's not appropriation. It is when you accept all the accolades, you accept all the money, you accept all the credit, you accept all the benefits that you're getting from doing this thing. And the people who have always been marginalized stay marginalized. So that, that's the issue. I have a pair of moccasins that are handmade moccasins that somebody in um, up in Attawapiskat, which is a community in Northern Ontario, and uh, made, handmade. That is what they did. They created these beautiful things. And somebody bought that from that person and they gave them to me as a gift. That's not cultural appropriation. So I can wear them and I know where they came from. The person who made this thing got credit for it. They were making them as, uh, as a business. She of her knowledge of her culture to make these things. and that's fine what if i go to but when you go there are companies out there like softmock for instance <laughs> as an example where it is obvious and clear that they've stolen their style or their branding from indigenous culture their materials are not it's there there isn't any sort of creativity or um uh like attention to detail and personal stamp put on any of their products. They're mass-produced moccasins, for instance. 
and they're sold and that company gets all the credit and nothing goes to indigenous communities. That, that the indigenous community is probably the one of the most, if not the most community that's stolen from in terms of their, their style, their culture, look at all of the sports names that are, that are used to mock and imitate indigenous cultures. Like it's crazy, even naming cars and vehicles off of uh, indigenous nations. Like it's outrageous. And people will argue to the death, the Edmonton fucking Eskimos to this day will not change their name. That's fucked up. The Washington Redskins are still the fucking Washington Redskins. I know that it's so fucked. It's mind-blowing. The Atlanta Braves, the, the whoever the fuck else they are, I can't even, how in this day and age is that Chicago fucking- Chicago Braves. Chicago, Chicago Braves or Atlanta Braves? Who's, what? Atlanta Braves story. Yeah, it's the white, yeah. Yeah, like it's crazy. And well, even our high school, Kim and mine, we used to be- Oh yeah, we used to be the Redmen. Red We're not anymore. That was changed years ago. Yeah. Same with well, West Hill. Well, yeah, well, over a decade workers. ago, and I couldn't believe the backlash that some people got. Oh, you're being sensitive. You're being sensitive. It's like, no, we're being, we're fucking listening. And yeah, it's inappropriate, and so we change it. How how is the Toronto District School Board paying attention? You know, and changing that shit years ago, and goddamn multi million billion dollar organizations like the Atlanta Braves are going. Oh no, we can't. It's tradition. Fuck your tradition. You're stealing your somebody tradition. else's tradition. Yeah. Yes, and making a mockery of it is what the ish is the, is the thing. You're making a mockery of it. So imitating people, it's that's what blackface is all about. You're making fun of, you're mocking people. And how is that okay? How is that okay? And so we as doulas really need to look at what we're what we're what we're doing. When you, if you want to include a rebozo in your arsenal of tools to offer to your clients, that is fine. But please make sure you know where that rebozo came from. Where did you get trained to use it? Who is being credited with that training? You know what I'm saying? What is that culture and is that history being highlighted, being referred to? And that's what it's all about. Same with baby wearing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, when you guys said baby wearing, I was like, oh, wait, but it's so good. Baby wearing is awesome. Baby <laughs> wearing. Please don't make me not do it. No, baby wearing is awesome. Baby and wearing is This is awesome. a message that I have too. It is for every single fucking mother and baby couple in on the planet. Wear your baby. Look into your culture and find out how do the people in your culture wear their babies and then do that thing. If you are going to be a baby wearing educator here, then you have to do, and you are not from, and you're going to be doing like a global, you know, showing global examples. That's tricky. That is tricky. And here's what I have to say to white women who are, who do do these workshops. Um, and it's sort of a general call out to all white people too. Guess what? White people have culture. <laughs> I know it. We love to talk about how we don't have culture, especially white people who are like in Canada and the United States, because because you all did your your ancestors did leave your original. You left Scotland. You left Ireland. You left Germany. You left France, and then you came here. But you can call on that culture. 
Just like I feel the way calling on Chinese culture, I can call that, I, I can claim it. Any part of Chinese culture, I can claim it because my grandfather directly came from that culture. You guys can do that too. And every single culture wore their babies in yeah. some kind of way. Every, all, I, all of them. Look up the Irish baby wearing culture. No, no, I was so much fucking tartan in your life. I was driving home from dropping off my son off this morning and I thought, yeah, baby wearing like, but what, what is the baby wearing in like, you know, Ireland or Scotland? And, you know, then I'm thinking I can just have seen my granny with one kid like looped under her boob because her boobs were so big to hold a baby underneath and then tied together with an apron <laughs> while she made potatoes. That mm -hmm. was Scottish baby wearing. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. And functional. It, that knowledge there. And I think that it is, and, and this isn't about like white pride and all that other sort of white supremacy bullshit. Oh, fuck no, that's... <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other thing. And people get worried when they talk about, oh, I'm proud to be this or that. But people get worried about it because it is a kind of a dicey thing to navigate. You don't want to be associated like with skinheads and stuff like that. But every culture is rich. Every culture, every single culture is steeped in tradition and everybody came from somewhere. Uh -huh. So you don't have to look at other people, other people's cultures and say, oh, that's cool. I'm going to adopt that, AKA appropriate it to make it my own. You have shit too. dive down deep and find out. Wouldn't it be great if your grandmother was alive, Kim, and you could ask her, so what did you do when you had all these kids? How did you manage them? <laughs> there is shit out there. Every culture has its own symbolism. There own so like you mentioned tartan scottish tartans uh stephanie and There's irish as well when you see the pictures it's it is yes. big ginormous scott like tartan style the the old scarves that were used for everything for wrapping your baby up for carrying a hot pot for yes, everything that's right everybody has culture dig down deep into your own background and find the shit that speaks to your heart and use that, that shit in your daily life it, that, like you don't have to go looking elsewhere. You have all that you need right there in your own background. Stay away from the racist slavery shit. Just ignore that shit and look at all the good baby wearing stuff that is there. It's there. Everybody so had every because everybody had babies. So oh yeah, birthing traditions. Yep, they were everywhere. I mean, it's funny you you talk to people now like you know some birthing parents now and they're like, Oh, baby wearing, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have my baby strapped to me. And it's like, well, okay. Why not? why not? Like it's the best thing ever. And it's better than sticking your kid in a bouncy seat and putting them in the corner. Okay. That's not going to create bonding and all of this stuff. And, and you can, I mean, let's be real back in the day, you know, the grannies had to look after multiple children, keep that house clean, cook all the food, be nursing and to everybody. Like the only way anything was actually going to get done was if the baby was strapped to you. So don't think of it as, you know, going back and looking at your grannies and your great grannies and saying, oh, I don't know. Um, I don't want to be like that. Well, why not? They, they, yeah. were, they were the hard ass women people that brought your gen that brought this generation forward and they yeah. fucking kicked ass at it yeah and they did it with a baby strapped to the front with a baby strapped to the back. exactly stuck on a hip under their skirt in an apron pocket you name it 
So a lot of, a lot, and that's the thing too. So we're saying like a long time ago, that is what mothers had to do because we had so much to do and we had, they had so many children and, and they walked everywhere. Their hands were always busy. So strapping your baby on your back and, or strapping the baby on the front just was out of necessity. They were not sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to do baby wearing because it enhances bonding and the blah, blah, blah. All of this sort of um, esoteric head things that we talk about now, our great grandmothers did because because they had to out of necessity. But I also will say that in other parts of the world, those babies are being strapped onto their mother's backs and their, and their mother's fronts for this, those still same reasons. There are still mothers in the world still tromping yeah. through the forest in the jungle because they have to do that in order to find food or to get from one place to the other or to get water or to carry something on their head and to hold one kid on the hand, in your hands. You need the baby strapped on your back. Like it's still necessity for a lot of people. And this is what I think it is. This speaks about modern times is that yeah. we, don't, we don't have that specific necessity anymore and we also have all these other gadgets that we can use to do that job and a lot of the jobs that those women have all over the world we don't have i don't have to walk two miles to get water every day that kind of thing no and but, do you think maybe it's almost like if i do that it's almost like i'm like going back to that and i don't want to be uh, yeah, associated think, with yes, you know yes with being primitive, with being, with, yes, with, with, with those women who are primitive and underdeveloped countries and blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's still that contingent of people who, who, who want to separate themselves from that. Yeah. And they, and they do it with all these gadgets, these modern gadgets. Yes. And that was the, the shunning of breastfeeding, the shunning of, of birthing at home, all that kind of stuff came from the shunning of all things that came like were primal and, and deeply rooted in past traditions. And now a lot of us do those things as a way to honor those traditions or out of necessity, or just because now we know it's good for babies to stay close to you. That's all. And either one of those, any of those reasons is fine. Just look into your own traditions and figure out what what like where, when you're buying a baby when you're buying a a wrap or a sling or whatever what is it about where does it come from and if you're going to go to one of these workshops question question the the presenter question the instructor who are you where'd you get this <laughs> where'd you get these from where'd you get your knowledge from and and you, you know give how back. are you giving back yeah yeah so it's all um, it's a, it's a, it, it, it shows up so much in the birth world and we need to think about it. We really, really do. Absolutely. When you choose to take that moment to think about it, it becomes clear. It's not just something it's like, Oh, I'm going to add that to my checkoff list that I'm going to get. Um, you can find clarity just by taking some time to, to look at that idea you have or, um, something that's been presented to you as something you must have or must do. It's, yeah. it's absolutely worth taking that time. Yes. Yes. It is worth taking that time. And speaking of time. We've taken up enough of yours. <laughs> Can we do one more? Can absolutely. One more cultural, absolutely. Cultural oh, one more example? Do it. Yes. Um, blessing way. Yeah, I was going to say. We should really you know touch what? on I've that. I've never actually ever understood what the fuck is blessing way. 
I've never it, been to one. I don't know what they are. I have, and in the one that I went to, or actually two that I went to that were with a bunch of white women, um, I mean, they were lovely in intent. Everyone kind of coming and sharing a piece of information and their wish for the parent, the family, and the new arrival of the, the arrival of the new baby. So um, there were a couple different things done, but it, it was the fact that it was being called a blessing way. And I want to just read this quickly. It's from a Diné um, medicine woman called Firewolf. I am a Diné medicine woman who is infuriated by what I have heard. These women have no idea what they are doing. The blessing way is an ancient ritual that, yes, is used to welcome children in the world, but by, by far it is not its only use, but one way of, men, of one of its many functions. I am not permitted to explain the many times we use a blessing way ritual, but some of the rituals would be surprising for those not of the Diné. Anyone not of the Diné people should not be using our sacred rituals bastardized in such a way for their own idealized mentality. It is more dangerous than they could possibly realize. We have certain spiritual safeguards on protecting our old ways, and what is misused and misappropriated would have dire consequences for those who try to take what is sacred to us, is not of their people, but of the Diné. To place this upon innocent babies is anathema. So basically what she's saying is it, it not, besides it just being wrong, you're fucking it up. It is not a blessing way. And please, despite your intent, stop using that term. You are appropriating, you are bastardizing. So stop it. Wow. So no, there is no way at all, unless you are indigenous to have, that is an indigenous led item to have a blessing way. So having a baby shower go yeah. for it having sharing mother blessings sharing parent blessings fine but not a blessing way this is what they are asking of us it is a real simple one stop it you know wow. we've talked about ways you cannot you can teach baby wearing teach rebozo without appropriating you know you make sure you're sending it back you're sharing the knowledge you're putting it out there you're ensuring that everyone has access to it all of that shit putting it back in the communities, everything. We've been real clear. Blessing Way has no way to not be appropriated. Appropriated. Yeah. Okay. So, some things so, you can do, some things you can't. That's right. So a Blessing Way, sorry, I'm just moving some stuff here, plugging in my computer. A Blessing Way, is it, is it stuff, is it something that they, like a ceremony that they do at a baby shower or something? It, it is what we consider a baby shower is their blessing way, which is one ritual done with a family who is preparing to expect a baby. Oh, after the baby's born. No, before a baby. No, is before. Born. Yeah. It, it's in the welcoming. It's part, it's part of the whole ritual of growing a baby and birthing a baby. And it's one of the rituals of preparing a family for birth and for welcoming a baby. Um, but it's only to be done by a Diné or an indigenous medicine person who, who leads these families. Again, you do not need to steal from the Diné nation in order to honor the sacredness of the birth of your baby. Every single culture has something. It might not come straight to your mind because maybe your people forgot about <sighs> Absolutely. That's what happens to traditions when they're not nurtured and held sacred. 
they they're forgotten dig down deep into your background and find what it is that your people did what foods did they eat how did they behave and treat each other during this very very important time of life and if you are so moved you can incorporate that and then you're not appropriating anything and it's more it's actually more sacred because it is your thing yes it actually honors your ancestors and honors all the people who who gave birth in order to bring you here like it just makes total sense to me i i can't even and that's part of the reason why I I've, haven't I've gotten a tattoo. Let's talk about tattoo cultural appropriation because I love so many different symbols um, and signs from different cultures, but I stop and I say, mm, I don't think I can, I don't think I can put that. That's why the only tattoo I have is my name on me. That's, it's actually my name. Uh, oh, also I have a heart, which, you know, doesn't belong to anybody i think but you can think about that too when you're putting things on your body to decorate because they're cool things that are sacred to people who are marginalized and you've reduced them down to simply being a cool aesthetic that's not okay and that's there's 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 so much indigenous um tattooing Symbol that symbolism imagery yeah yeah asian and um Asian and um, indigenous cultures are oh, over-appropriated. Yes, very much so. And if you Google Celtic symbolism, oh my God, <laughs> so much cool stuff. Oh why, yeah. Why would, you, why would you need to jump, leave Scotland, Ireland, and England? Why would you need to leave those little islands there and go to somebody else? this island and take their stuff you have your own things use your own things it will actually be better and more it will be deeper and richer if you use your own things but you've got to find them what a journey i think it's exciting yeah like people this is a gift i'm giving you <laughs> <laughs> what an adventure to dig deep into your heritage and find the thing what was your tartan if you've got a scottish last name what, what was your tar family's tartan? What was a what was their history? Like, get down in there and find it. It's yours. You you that's where you belong. Or you might find that you want to bury that shit far far away. Could you find out you got some nasty shit in your background? You you will absolutely <laughs> you find that. You will absolutely find that garbage too. <laughs> you could bury that and take all the good stuff and embrace all of that good stuff. And I heard once that you know the Scottish heritage was basically a whole lot of swearing and headbutting, like. <laughs> Yeah. There's some of that. That's cool. No, that that's literally the whole thing. But the story of the Highland Clans is, is deeply moving to me and the the whole history of Tartans is deeply moving to me. And I don't understand why more uh, Canadians, white Canadians, and they'll say, Well, oh yeah, Scottish heritage, but they don't actually like the you can't tell. You know? Because they're Canadian now, and be saying you're Canadian is such a um, look. It's what's the word I'm looking? I think for? that's more it means my everybody. Like it means everybody. Like my whole my whole family are Scottish, and holy fuck, they even break. They embrace it. They yeah. barely speak English. I don't know what the fuck they're saying half the time. <laughs> 
but that's but that's awesome like how they lived here for like you know 60 years but you mm-hmm. get them mad and you get the half Gaelic, half English oh, shit Lord. flying around. Yeah. <laughs> you need a they're, drink to understand that. Your red face is spitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit balls. Okay. We got a lot going on. We, we have a lot, going, a lot going on today. We've, yep. we've inundated you with learning. So, yep. so before you pick up something that feels like it belongs to another culture in the birthing world, stop, stop. think about it. Listen to this podcast again. How can you do better? And how can you, again, don't necessarily not use it, but give back, give to credit where credit is due i don't know yeah you have money where money is due (laughs) exactly you know acknowledge when you post a picture of yourself wearing your brand new rebozo post where you got it who you got it from who you're doing your training with um how much you the reason you bought it was because you want to learn these things and be able to pass it on to families and have families benefit from it and then let those families know this actually comes from this and this place um this information this isn't my information i just have the the gift of being able to share it with you. So pass it to everybody who benefits from the skill that you gain. And that's my TED talk. Thank you so much. And be mindful. Did you guys hear that? Or Yes. Okay. Be mindful. Yeah. Okay. Because it says my, my connection is on families. Okay. You you are you are a little unstable. Um I swear to God I haven't been drinking today. No, but your phone has. Today. No, it's my laptop. Oh, okay. You should stop pouring wine on your laptop. Um all right. So do better, know better, do better. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart. Wear a fucking mask. We love ask you. Ask questions if you want to. Ask uh, yeah. questions if you want to. If we can't answer it, we'll pass you to the person who can. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So tune in next week when we'll be here lecturing you about something else. <laughs> you didn't know this was going to be a podcast given to you by your moms, right? Who are what? wagging their fingers at you going, wow. It, it is our Wash goal to get up in your business and tell you how to live your life. That exactly. is a primary objective. Okay. Yeah, look, if you haven't figured that out by now, what the fuck have you been listening to? Yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to the beginning ones because we said right from the start, that's what we're going to do. We have not veered from that course. So see you all next week. All right. When, we, when we'll when we try to have another topic that we'll maybe talk longer about. <laughs> and tell your friends, tell everybody you know about rate, us and subscribe yeah rate review and subscribe we haven't had any reviews in a very long time or any rates oh, in a very long time do it you got nothing better to do yeah you're sitting at home wearing a mask what yeah. what else are you doing type out something nice will you for once yeah oh hell type out something bad at this point i'd be happy for anything <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm out of here bye right. bye, bye. Guys.